From the great state of Ohio, Buckeye Firearms Association presents Keep and Bear Radio, fighting for Second Amendment rights, calling out media lies, and telling the gun grabbers to come and take it. Now, Keep and Bear Radio. The city of Columbus has announced its intent to pass gun control laws, which may surprise you since local gun control has been illegal in Ohio for 15 years. Preemption is the term used to describe the Ohio law that overrides or preempts local authority on the matter of gun regulation. But Columbus is suing the state over this matter, and now, suddenly, the city claims preemption no longer applies to them. What are they talking about? What do they think gives them the authority to do this? And why are they saying this now? That's what we're going to talk about on this special episode of Keep and Bear Radio. I'm Dean Reek, Executive Director of Buckeye Firearms Association, and I'm going to try to help you understand exactly what's happening in Ohio's capital city. This story has been developing rapidly in recent news reports, so let me give you a quick history of preemption and a summary of what has been happening recently. Years ago, Ohio was a patchwork of gun laws, differing from one city to another. This was a major problem because we had just passed licensed concealed carry, and the varying laws threatened to entrap law-abiding Ohioans. Why? Because unlike other local laws which tend to affect only residents, local gun laws affect everyone who ever leaves their home and crosses into another city, village, or township. Just as you can't have different traffic laws from city to city, you can't have different gun laws from city to city if you expect anything close to sensible law and order. So in 2006, Buckeye Firearms Association worked to pass HB 347, a bill that introduced preemption, a law that preempts the home rule authority of the state's many political subdivisions. This went into effect in 2007. Ohio Revised Code 9.68 basically says that laws on firearms, their components, and ammunition are set at the state level exclusively. Today, preemption restrictions also include knives. Many Ohio cities, including Columbus, hated this new law and fought it. However, through a series of lawsuits, preemption was upheld. This included a 2010 suit by Cleveland against the state of Ohio, where the Ohio Supreme Court ruled in a 5-2 opinion that preemption is valid in all respects. In 2018, we passed HB 228, which, among other things, strengthened preemption. This went into effect in 2019. After the passage of this bill, Columbus filed suit against the state in an attempt to stop the bill from taking effect and regain the ability to pass gun laws, The case sat idle for three years. Recently, Columbus filed suit against Judge Stephen L. McIntosh, 
accusing him of not ruling on multiple motions in their case. All of a sudden, the judge issued a ruling, a temporary injunction, which has been interpreted in different ways. The city of Columbus has claimed it gives them a green light to pass gun laws. However, our reading is that it's a very narrow ruling dealing exclusively with zoning for firearm manufacturers. Here's a direct quote from the ruling. The court agrees that RC 9.68 unconstitutionally infringes upon the plaintiff's right to exercise its zoning powers. Paragraph D specifically permits municipalities to regulate the sale of firearms, firearm components, or ammunition for firearms in areas zoned for residential or agricultural uses. It does not specifically grant municipalities zoning to limit gun manufacturing in areas zoned residential and agricultural. Clearly, this is a narrow ruling about a highly specific issue, and in no way does it sweep away preemption and give any city a green light to pass a bunch of gun laws. Regardless, on Wednesday, November 9, 2022, Columbus City officials held a press conference to announce their intention to pass new laws regulating firearms. I recorded that press conference, and I want to play a few short clips so you can get a sense for what they're up to, and I'll give you my thoughts directly following each clip. First up, Columbus City Attorney Zach Klein who lays out the city's case on why they think they can suddenly start passing gun control laws, even though it's been illegal for a decade and a half. This clip is less than four minutes. Uh, the Ohio Revised Code 9.68 is our state preemption law uh, that prohibits cities like Columbus from really doing anything associated with the uh, the regulation or legislative action associated with firearms. And it's fairly encompassing. It was passed uh, about uh, originally about a decade and a half ago. It was amended recently. Uh, but in uh, a, a recent case involving the Dayton, city of Dayton and red light camera, uh, the city, I'm sorry, the city of Dayton uh, challenged uh, the ability for it to regulate red light cameras and the Ohio Supreme Court changed the way that it looked at state preemption and home rule. Uh, and that gave the city of Columbus an opportunity to challenge this particular uh, firearm uh, preemption law. Uh, and we have been successful. We filed a lawsuit uh, back in 2019. Uh, and over the course of the past three and a half years, been patiently waiting uh, for us to get a ruling. Uh, we're uh, proud to say that as many of you covered, uh, we were successful. Uh, and there is a, uh, pardon me, there is a, uh, uh, a preliminary injunction in place that allows and gives the city this important window of opportunity, an important window of opportunity uh, to think about a legislative strategy associated with gun violence, associated with gun safety measures to tackle uh, violent crime in our community. This was not possible until a few weeks ago, or until last week. It was not possible until the judge ruled in our favor under this new analysis to give us a chance to do this. And I'm sure as you'll hear from our speakers here today, the mayor and council president, members of council, uh, and doctors who work in this space all the time, the reality is 
the city of Columbus has done a tremendous amount uh, to deal with gun violence in our community. Uh, investing in law enforcement officers, investing in violence interrupters, investing in people, investing in our police department. Those are all really important things. And we've seen uh, the results of a dramatic in a decrease in homicides. We've seen a dramatic increase in violent crime in our community. But the reality is what's been missing for, for decades is a legislative strategy that we now have the ability to have that communication and conversation with our friends, our faith leaders, and our residents about what we can do legislatively to add to that important piece of the puzzle to tackle gun violence in our community. I think the reality is in states like Ohio, and this is not my opinion, it's a study done out of Johns Hopkins University, in states like Ohio, where the legislatures, Republican-driven legislatures, red states, that have opened the floodgates for guns to be dumped on our streets, ranging from excessive number of handguns to AR-15s, we've seen a 10% increase across the country in violent crime because of the actions that state legislatures and Republican-dominated uh, states have done. Now, we as city leaders have the responsibility to respond, but oftentimes it's like flying a kite in a hurricane because we're going against the deluge of guns that are being dumped on our streets because of Republican policies at the State House. But now we have the opportunity with the leadership of Mayor Genther, Council President Hardin, uh, the, and the Division of Police, to figure out how we can have a pragmatic, common sense approach to improve the quality of life for every single resident in the city of Columbus and to make our community safer, whether that's everyday gun violence or that's suicide prevention with a firearm. And we are here with this opportunity to do it. So at that point, I'm gonna turn it over uh, to the great mayor of this city, uh, Mayor Andy Ginther. In that clip, you hear city attorney Klein claim that due to a recent case, the Ohio Supreme Court changed the way it looks at preemption and home rule, and that this gives the city a window of opportunity to pass their own gun laws. Well, that's just not true. Without getting into the weeds on the basis for this claim, I'll just point out that Klein is dramatically misrepresenting a case involving traffic cameras in order to claim that the Ohio Supreme Court has altered its opinion about preemption and firearms. And the arguments made by Columbus in their lawsuit against the state involve firearm manufacturing facilities and zoning. Whether they have a valid argument about zoning is debatable. The Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost is defending Ohio in this case and says Columbus's argument has no merit. But there is no debate about the statewide preemption of firearm laws. With all due respect, Klein and Columbus City leaders are full of, well, let's just say they're making a ridiculous argument. Klein also blames violent crime on Republican policies. And of course, this reveals what the entire charade is really about. Columbus has a crime problem, and city leaders don't want to accept responsibility for it. Now let's listen to Mayor Andrew Genther, who is a much better actor than Klein and expresses anger about their crime problem and intones in dramatic fashion that it's time to act. Plus, he says a lot of other stuff that ranges from silly to wrong to outright lies. This clip is about five minutes. Good afternoon, and thank you, uh, City Attorney Klein, and for all those that have joined us here today. Neighbors, we have 
a crisis on our hands. And it is time for us to act. There's been plenty of talk. There's been plenty of study. There's been plenty of debate. Gun violence is robbing our city of our most vital asset, our people. It's not a political statement. That is a fact. 91% of the homicides in our city last year were committed with a firearm. Gun violence is a public health crisis. First time in America's history. Last year, more children died at the hands of guns than traffic accidents. It is time for us to act. And even though our homicides are down by more than 30% year to date over last year and 15% from 2020, thanks to the incredible hard work of our police officers and the community who have stepped up to stop the violence. We've invested heavily in police officers and technology like body-worn cameras to help them do their jobs. And we've started and expanded programs like the Right Response Unit to better address mental health and addiction emergency calls. For the last two years, we've invested unprecedented dollars towards the safety and engagement of young people during the summer to make up for what some of what they lost during the pandemic and to keep them on the right track. But much of what we have done to implement common sense gun legislation has been thwarted by gun manufacturers flanked by an arm of lobbyists who have convinced the courts that the framers of the Constitution intended mass murder and senseless daily taking of life to be protected speech. Today, we're fighting back. The time for talk is over. The time for study is over. It is time to act. Not to strip people of their guns, but to put reasonable limits on the type of gun you may own, how you can purchase that weapon, how much ammunition you can use, and how to keep others safe from guns in storage. In a few minutes, City Council will detail new legislation they are presenting to limit magazine size, restrict unauthorized people from selling guns, and promote safe storage of all guns. But we're also exploring ways to go even further and impose every possible restriction on assault-style weapons in our community. Consider this. Assault-style weapons can fire more bullets far faster than manual action rifles. In the Dayton mass shooting in 2019, the suspect fired more than 100 rounds, killing nine people in just 32 seconds. The people of Dayton called for action as they mourned and buried the dead. Do something, and here we are. It's time to lead and to act. When an assault weapon and or high capacity magazine is used in a public mass shooting, nearly 14 times as many people are injured and twice as many people are killed. Not only are there more injuries when assault weapons are used, but the types of injuries are far worse. In a few minutes, 
Dr. Despondé from Grand Hospital will tell you what happens when a human body is hit with an assault weapon. But suffice to say, the incredible trauma makes survival difficult. Make no mistake, assault-style weapons are weapons of war. They are not for personal safety or sport. You don't need an AR-15 to protect yourself, your home, and your family. Only, their only purpose is to maximum injury and death as quickly as possible. So far, just this year, the Division of Police has confiscated almost 3,000 guns. Of them, nearly 200 were assault-style weapons. Where do we even begin? Mayor Ginther says none of this is about politics. But of course it is. This is all a CYA maneuver to lay blame for crime on anyone but city leaders. He says gun violence is a public health crisis. No, it isn't. It's a crime problem, same as always. Ginther slips up when he mentions that homicides are down by 30%, because if homicides are down by that much, how is there a crisis? And notice that he says homicides are down because of the hard work of police officers. Well, yeah, because that's how to fight crime, with police work, right? He claims their wish for local gun control is thwarted by gun manufacturers. That's a lie. Ohio gun laws are passed by lawmakers, elected by we the people. I've never seen a single manufacturer testify at the statehouse. Ginther then makes a bizarre claim that manufacturers and lobbyists have convinced the courts that the framers of the Constitution intended mass murder to be protected speech. Uh, what? I don't even know what that means. Then the mayor tries to assure the public that they don't want to strip people of guns and goes on to outline how they intend to strip people of guns by dictating what kind of gun you can own, how you can purchase guns, how much ammo you can use, and how you should be required to store guns. Now, if you read news reports about this, you get the impression that all the city wants is a magazine capacity ban, a straw purchase ban, and storage mandates. And that's all. But wait, the mayor goes on to say they seek to impose, and I quote, every possible restriction. Every possible restriction on what he calls assault-style weapons, which is to say sporting rifles, or ARs, the single most popular type of rifle in the country. Ginther also suggests the city has an AR problem and says that last year, police confiscated 3,000 guns, of which 200 were assault-style weapons. That's less than 7%, by the way, and he doesn't say how many, if any of these, were used in crimes, so we can safely assume that few, if any, were. I know this is painful to listen to, but here's just one more short clip, about a minute long, where the mayor lists more gun control laws they'd like to pass. As we explore our options on restricting assault weapons, 
We will also continue to push for additional common sense gun legislation, including universal background checks and red flag laws. These are not partisan issues. 80% of voters, Democrats, Republicans, independents, liberal, conservative, all agree these common sense gun safety laws can help protect children and families. The safety of our community is on the line, and we will do everything in our power to keep our neighborhoods safe from the dangers of high-capacity firearms and shady firearms sellers. The time for talk is over. It is time to act, and Columbus will be leading the way. So the city doesn't want to strip people of guns, they just want to pass red flag laws that empowers authorities to strip people of their guns before any crime has been proven. And they want to pass so-called universal background checks because why not? As long as you're passing lots of other bans and restrictions, you might as well check that one off your list too. Did you notice the claim that everyone agrees on these policies? That's interesting because we elect our lawmakers here. Republican lawmakers are elected just like Democrat lawmakers. And if everyone agrees on gun control, how are Ohio's gun laws getting passed? The fact is, many Ohio citizens do not support the sort of gun control Columbus wants. That's why we were able to pass permitless carry and remove the duty to retreat and return authority to armed teachers to local school boards and reform knife laws and shift the burden of proof to prosecutors in self-defense cases, and enact so many other reforms over the years, because Ohio voters elect lawmakers who represent their views. It's the only poll or survey that matters. And that's why we have preemption in the state of Ohio, because voters don't want more than 2,200 cities, villages, and townships passing a crazy quilt of gun control laws to entrap innocent gun owners who are not the ones committing the violent crimes in Columbus or any other city. After Judge McIntosh's ruling, the Attorney General filed an appeal and asked for a stay in the Columbus lawsuit against the state. And just two days after this wacky press conference, I got word from the AG's office that the same judge who issued the temporary injunction agreed to stay his own ruling, which puts everything on hold. And one final wrinkle, Columbus is now claiming that the stay on the ruling isn't really a stay, and they think they can move forward with gun control laws anyway. That is a lie. A stay means everything is frozen in place until the appeal plays out in court. And that's where we are now. So what happens next? Well, the state's appeal of the judge's ruling will move forward and the case will proceed. It's hard to tell what the timeline is on this case, but in my experience, legal cases tend to move in fits and starts. So we could have resolution on the matter very quickly or very slowly. In the meantime, we are in contact with the Attorney General's office and will continue to monitor this case and plan for what might happen 
and what our response will be. Be assured that BFA will aggressively fight any attempt to flout Ohio's preemption law and pass local gun control. Regardless of your opinion on firearms, few people truly want Ohio to return to the bad old days where we had a patchwork of conflicting gun laws across the state. However, it's a given that some city leaders, including Columbus Mayor Ginther and City Attorney Zach Klein, will continue to treat this issue as little more than a political talking point, regardless of the expense or the damage they cause. Let's be clear. Columbus knows where violent crime is taking place, and for the most part, who is committing it. I know they know this because they conducted a study and issued the results a year ago. A Columbus Dispatch headline summarized their findings. Quote, Report claims 17 gangs with about 480 members behind nearly half of Columbus 2020 homicides. Unquote. It's not ordinary law-abiding gun owners or lobbyists or Republicans or firearm manufacturers who are behind violent crime in Columbus. It's gangs and other criminals. And we all know that. So why does Columbus continue to pursue gun control laws? They know gang members and hardened criminals will never follow. Because holding a press conference and expressing phony outrage about crime makes for good political theater. Because it's easier to talk about passing an ineffective law than to actually fight crime. Because they're more interested in protecting their political careers than protecting the lives and rights of citizens. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. That's all for this episode of Keep and Bear Radio. If you enjoyed the podcast, I urge you to subscribe. And please subscribe to the Buckeye Firearms Association newsletter at buckeyefirearms.org. If you'd like to become a member and support the work of BFA, go to joinbfa.org. Use the discount code PODCAST to get $10 off your membership. That's joinbfa.org. We'll see you next time on Keep and Bear Radio.